Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, continuing our conference-by-conference season preview for the 2022 season, which is just a week away at the time of recording this. Um, and we continue today, you know, down the American East, down the ACC, Big Ten, Big East, A-Sun, you know, moving on to the CAA, where uh, really it's the Colonial Athletic Association, but I, you know, it's called the Crazy Athletic Association because uh, as far as lacrosse is concerned, anything can happen. Um, anything can and will happen in this conference. We, we see it year in and, and year out. Something, something weird, something crazy is going to happen. In this conference, there's going to be a team that, you know, don't expect gets in the postseason. Uh, there's going to be a team, you know, number one team might get knocked off in, in the semifinals as they did a year ago uh, with Hofstra knocking off Delaware. And uh, th- that is exactly where we're going to start here. Um, obviously, refresher, go alphabetically in the by teams in the conferences, and then I will – uh, put out my kind of predictions for the season. Uh, same format I've done with the other conference previews. If y'all haven't listened to those yet, um, you can go find those on uh, Apple Podcast, any any podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, on everything, even ones I have no clue what they are. Um, starting with the Blue Hens here with Delaware. This is a team that... They lose really only two big pieces of this team um, in Charlie Kitchen and in Jake Hervada at the faceoff dot. Uh, Charlie Kitchen is, you know, going to have to, you know, replace him, your biggest offensive threat. And, um, like, while that is certainly a big big ask that that's that's a guy you can't replace um this is going to be a team that i think is going to be pretty good offensively again this year you look at a guy like mike robinson coming back there um and and look you have to replace 55 points with kitchen gone you get back uh, mike robinson uh ty coats and then mark beta is back for a fifth year as well he really had a breakout season last year uh, with the Blue Hens as I think the third leading point getter uh, Beater was. Uh, really, really stepped up uh, last spring and uh, expect this offense to be pretty good again this year. Uh, that trio there, Robinson, Coates, and Beater, 126 points. Um, you know, the the biggest question, you know, so, so as far as replacing Kitchen, you're not going to be able to do that. But I don't think the loss of him is going to make this offense really drop off. They're still going to be a sustainable unit. Um, you know, I mentioned that trio of Robinson, Coates, and Beta, 126 points just a year ago combined with those three. You know, you got to think those numbers can only improve, uh, certainly. And it's going to be uh, the Mike Robinson show as as he's the top guy returning after what was a really 
really impressive uh, season a year ago as a sophomore. Uh, the biggest question for this team is, personnel-wise, is at the face-off dot, where they don't return anybody who really took that many draws last year. Uh, Rowan Hockenberry was the backup, 44 for 102. That, that's the, uh, as the secondary guy, played in 10 games. Outside of him, doesn't return many other pieces at that face-off dot. I mentioned, you know, Jay Carvada gone. He's been a consistent presence there, or was a consistent consistent presence there at the face-off dot. Uh, so you lose him, I think, in a way, that's probably a bigger loss than Kitchen just because I don't know if they have the necessarily the talent to cover their tracks, if you will, with, with that kind of loss uh, there. So face-off dot, really the biggest question for me with this Delaware team. Now, fortunately, you know this, this is a defense that I think even if you're not able to have success at the face-off dot, you're not able to get that 50, 60, 70, you know, would like to see 70. Every, every, every coach would like to see the guy go out there and go 70, 80% every game. That's not realistic. You go 50, 55, 60% a game, that's pretty consistent. If they can't get that, I think this is a defense that can uh, supplement that uh, because this is one of the best defenses in the CAA, uh, could be one of the best defenses in the country. Um they had a top-flight defense a year ago, um, and that expectation uh, is, is going to hold true coming into 2022 as well. Uh, you get back Matt Kilkeely in cage uh, for the fifth season, as well as Owen Grant, who comes back for his senior year um, and you know is the best defenseman in the CAA. Um, there, plays Ellison, plays close. He can do, do it all. Uh, just with Grant and Kilkeely, you know, those two alone highlight this defense and uh, with them are able to have a top 15 unit once again. Uh, you also get Kevin McCormick back at close and Joe Joe Spears, uh, the top LSM, also comes back. Um, and look, this is a team that's been very defensive. They've been very good defensively for a number of years. And really, the rise of Delaware under Ben DeLuca has been uh, primarily successful defensively. This has been a top-flight defense, top-20 defenses every single year that he's been there, I think, besides uh, the shortened 2020 season. Uh, they've been a top-25, at least, unit every single year. So I, I would expect nothing less of, of the Hens uh, in 2022 as well, especially with a guy like Kilkeely manning the cage. You know, he comes in the last season um, having to replace DeLuca, uh, Matt DeLuca, and, and, and we don't know what what's he going to be like. Is he going to be able to fill that hole? And he, I, I think he did that and more. Uh, he really showed his talent last season, and uh, you know, obviously defensively with this team, I, I think it's probably going to be the strength once again, but as I said, Mike Robinson, Ty Coates, Mark Bita, those three attackmen there. Um, look, this is the best attack unit in the CAA last year. You lose Kitchen, I think this can be the best attack unit in the CAA again. 
Keelan 2022. So we'll see what happens with the Blue Hens as they look to get their first title, CAA title, under Ben DeLuca. Moving on to the current defending champions here who won the title a season ago, the Drexel Dragons, uh, obviously CAA champs, like I said, uh, and they gave Notre Dame a heck of a run, a heck of a challenge, I should say, in the first round there of the NCAA tournament. Um, and look, th- this is a team, they lose Reed Bowling, they lose Colin Mailman, they lose uh, Jemiah Kota, uh, which does put some question marks there at the faceoff dot <clears throat> and offensively, uh, especially with uh, Reed Bowling gone. But uh, outside of that, they return pretty much everybody. Um, and, and, and I'm not joking when I say that. They return pretty much everybody. Sean Donnelly, uh, obviously headlining this offense, 26 goals, 20 assists a year ago. Aiden Cole, Ryan uh, Genord, uh back as well um, for an extra season. Jack uh, Mulkey, Sean Kiriko, um as well are back also uh, there on the offensive end. And uh, <clears throat> th- 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 this is a team, Luke Tomic, another guy, uh, offensively, who I think he started the final five games of the season, uh, should be a, a big piece of that offense again uh, for the entirety of the season here in 2022. So offensively, you return everyone. And, but, you know, that's not where their biggest returnees are. Um, Ross Blumthal, probably the biggest guy they get back. Um, and, and you also return your entire club's defense. Sean Quinn, Patrick Udovich, Brennan, Brennan Greenwald, uh, George Grippo, uh, one of the better uh, defensive midfielders in the country. Uh, saw his name. Uh, or, or you've seen his name on All-American list. Um, Jack Farrell at the LSM unit, uh, LSM position. This is a complete team. Like, on paper, you look at this team, and I don't know if you can find a more complete team in the CAA other than Drexel. Um, you know, th- this is, mention the offensive guys, you look at this defense getting everybody back from a unit that was pretty solid last season, um, especially we saw against Notre Dame in that NCAA tournament game. When I mean, this was a defensive battle there in the second half of that game. <clears throat> Blumthal had 15 saves in that contest, 62 uh, percent save percentage. Um, like, th- th- there's really not much to talk about with this team, uh, you know, because I I don't see outside of the faceoff dot where we'll see who replaces Kota. I don't see many holes in this unit. Um, You know, a a lot of these teams, you can look at their top six on offense, their close defense, their goalie, their face-off unit, and say, okay, they're complete, but how's that rope unit going to be? How's this? How are their LSMs? How are their short-stick defensive midfielders? How is their depth? 
You know, this is a team that, you know, their top six is offensively very good. The close unit, the close defense, and the goalie, one of the best in, in the CAA, as I mentioned. You also have what I believe is probably the top short six defensive midfielder in the conference in George Grippo. Jack Farrell is a comparable guy there at LSM. Um, Blumthal and Cage, as I mentioned, it, it's difficult to find many holes in this team other than at the faceoff die. So this is a very complete team here w- with Drexel. And, you know, Brian Volker, not not hard to see him leading this team back to a CAA title here um, in 2022. Moving on to a team where there, there are a lot of questions, really, on, on both ends, is Fairfield. Uh, this is their first normal season under Andrew Baxter. You remember he came in, <clears throat> excuse me, he came in ahead of 2020. Uh, has that season shortened, cut short, uh, and, and they didn't look good at times that year, especially defensively. Um, you know, they, they've been allowing over you know, 14, 15 goals per game 2020 and this past season as well. Um, you know, and their first two years with Baxter, and uh, th- this offense wasn't particularly – the offense in 2020 was w- w- was pretty solid. You look at it again this year, um, it was a decent unit, but uh, th- there's a lot of loss on this team. There's a lot of loss. And as I mentioned, you know, haven't had a full season, really, a full normal season. So so we'll see how things go this year with Fairfield. Uh, they were 2-9 and nine a year ago, 0-8 in conference play. Uh, Trent uh, Milan is back at midfield. Uh, Colin Consoli is their biggest returner uh, there in goal. Uh, and I mentioned this is a defense. They were one of the worst last season, a bottom five unit um, for, I believe, the second year in a row. Um, and so we'll see how Consoli, you know, really, really strong season last year um, as a freshman, uh, 148 saves, 47% save percentage, uh, had some really good games there. Had some up and downs, as any freshman does, but we'll, we'll see if he can anchor this defense and help them, uh, you know, kind of get out of this rut they've been in the past few seasons. Um, offensively, I mentioned, you know, it, it was pretty decent last year. When you look, you have a guy like Dylan Beckwith uh, and, and Taylor Stroh uh, there uh, as fifth-year guys, as veterans on this offense. It was a pretty solid unit. Uh, 29th best scoring offense, 11.45 goals per game. I mean, that's not bad at all. Um, you look at returners. Uh, Trent uh, Milan is the top point getter back, uh, was the fifth leading uh, point getter for them a, lot, uh, a year ago, had 10 points. Um, you also get back two guys uh, who battled in- injuries last year, and Patrick Drake, who missed most of the season, or a good part of it, with injury, and then Bryce Ford, uh, who missed all of last season with inju- with, uh, with an injury. Uh, be in- interesting to see. And those are two guys that were pretty... Uh, consistent uh, there uh, either last season when they were in or in 2020. I think Ford was a top three guy, top five guy for them in 2020. So really a lot of questions there all around with uh, the Stags. Uh, and, and 
might be as simple as, hey, we need some normalcy. That helps them win. Uh, but certainly it's not been a good two years or a normal two years for Andrew Baxter there at Fairfield. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the Hofstra Pride. This is a team that uh, was really good last year. Uh, really good. Um, had a solid 2021 season. Came within a goal uh, of beating Drexel in that title game. Um, but now a year removed from that, this is a drastically different looking team there in Hempstead. Um, and obviously the biggest loss there, Ryan Tierney, uh, you know, program great. Uh, obviously Seth Tierney, uh, head coach Seth Tierney's son, uh, you know, one of the best players that Hofstra has had in in quite some time there. I mean, you look at the top guys for Hofstra, the best players from Hofstra the past, what, decade or so. And you have Josh Byrne, you have Ryan Tierney, I think, are right there at the top. Um, you know, of, of just great players from Hofstra, especially offensively, uh, both two, two great pieces there um, that Hofstra has had. So Tierney is gone, as well as Justin Linsky, Riley Forte, Alex Concanon at the midfield, and Bobby Casey in cage. So this is a lot of loss, especially offensively, where uh, they were a pretty dang good um, dang good offense a year ago. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when you look at the number of guys they have, one thing that really sticks out is, uh, you know, Tierney, and then you have Forte, Kincannon, and Linsky. They were all um, all CAA selections a year ago. You also lose Michael Altman at LSM, Keegan Santos on defense. They were both all uh, CAA guys as well. Uh, so really, you lose... What is that? Four, five, or six all CAA uh, caliber players, as well as Bobby Casey, who uh, you know started in cage but didn't start the full season in cage. Uh, started the, the majority of the time, though. I think he sat out what the first two games with injury. But um, I mean, this is a lot, a lot to to, to take on, um, and, and really. You know, when, when you look at it, does Hofstra does lose more than any team in this conference does. Um, and, and Ryan Tierney is certainly uh, right there at the head uh, of that. So, you know, you lose a lot, but who who do you get back? Who is this team going to lean on? I think that's, that's a big question. Um, and, and it looks like it's going to be a guy like Brian Herber. Uh, at the faceoff dot. He's their top returner. Um, went 63% last season. Ended the year 7th in, in Division One in faceoff win percentage. That's first in the CAA. He is going to be crucial if this team is going to have any success this year. His success is absolutely crucial. Um, and, and it's going to be a big impact for this team once again if he can remain that consistency of being an above 60% uh, faceoff guy. Um, James Philbin, Justin Sykes combined for 42 points a year ago. Uh, and attackman Dylan McIntosh um, are back. Those are going to be the guys 
leading the way on the offensive end. Tom Ford also comes back on defense. And you have Brian McIntosh transferring in uh, from Mount St. Mary's. Going to be a big piece on defense as well. Uh, Should be expected with a big piece for the Mountaineers. Uh, The number of years he was there, now coming up to Hofstra, uh, should do much of the same. Um, And then another transfer they get is uh, Gerard Kane. Uh, this is a guy who was a pretty highly touted uh, prospect at a high school uh, out of the Atlanta area. Went one year at the Hill Academy uh, in 2020. Went to Ohio State. Did not play with them last year um, and transferred to Hofstra um, over the summer. He entered the portal like in December or January of last year. Um, and then arrived at Hofstra, uh, I believe this summer, fall, whatever, and um, really a, a big offensive talent. Um, and by big, I mean, mean size. Uh, pretty big um, there, so we'll see how he goes in there as well. But this is this is a Hofstra team that I really, um, you know, after what they did last year, I mean, 10-3, and 7-1, and one, I don't expect anything like that from them this year. Um, it, it, it is, it is a rebuilding year, but, you know, as is the case a lot of times with some of these teams where you do have a number of young players stepping up, you know, um, they don't know they're not supposed to be winning. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, maybe something like that happens. Maybe, especially if Brian Herbert back can carry this team, give them some momentum, um, get this offense, those extra possessions they're going to need. Uh, because they're, they're going to want every single possession they can get. And, look, this is a defense last year that, uh, you know, you saw it early on in the season. Now, the, the defense did progressively get better, which is what you want to see out of every team. You want to see progress, progress. You want to see them progressing on both ends. And Hofstra is one of the teams that certainly did that. But this wasn't a defense that was, uh, I, I would say, elite a year ago, so uh, th- th- that's kind of where, for me at least, looking at, at this team, I know there's a lot of loss on the offensive end, but there's some capable players back. I, I mentioned a guy like Brian McIntosh. I want to see how much of an impact can he have there uh, on defense, which is an area last year in which they needed the, the, the most help. Moving on to the Towson Tigers, and uh, this is a team that they they were terrible in 2020, 0-6. They, they started the season pretty bad. Now, you play Duke, you play Virginia as some of your first games, and you get blown out. No shame in that. Um, two of the best teams in the country, no shame in that. But this is a thousand team that, that you know, Coach, and you, know, you listen to some things that Coach Nadalin said last year. Uh, and over the summer heading over the offseason of last year heading into 2021, you know, th- this is a team, what they did in 2020 was unacceptable um, with the shortened season. Uh, obviously didn't get to, you know, improve at all really um, in a sense after that 0-6 start. But, uh, you know, what they did there just – and look, we all knew they lost a lot of talent from that 2019 squad. 
Um, it was going to be difficult, but 0-6 and, and the ways they lost some of those games was was just embarrassing for uh, for a Towson program, a proud program like Towson. <clears throat> but uh, no, last year you, you could really see, you know, the the, the coming in. They, they start two and five. They go four and three during the second half of that season, uh, which included an overtime win uh, over our rival uh, Loyola. They had that three-game winning streak, Fairfield, Hofstra, UMass in mid-April. Uh, they closed out the season losses to Delaware and Drexel, uh, which ultimately held them out of postseason play. But they were right there. They were right there on the verge of getting that CAA tournament both. And uh, just could not do it a year ago. Um, but this is a team that really could do it again this year. Um, now, the biggest question for me for this team is, can their offense improve? I know this defense, Kobe Smith, Garrett uh, Zunjila, Mo uh, Silla at the LSM spot, and Shane Brennan and Cage. I'm confident in this defense that they can be pretty good in the CAA. Um, but what is this defense, what is this offense, excuse me, going to look like? This is an offense that averaged 9.5 goals per game last year. That is simply un- unacceptable. Um, you return guys, James Alvazanto, Andrew uh, Milani, uh, and you also get in some transfers. Uh, Nick DeMeo, you know, notably one of them, Kyle Berkeley, um, <clears throat> another guy uh, there out of Maryland, uh, DeMeo and Berkeley both coming over from the Terrapins. Um, expect, you know, from what I, what we've heard, those guys were pretty strong in the, in the fall, um, should be strong for this team in 2022. You also get uh, Sam uh, uh, Wesher, uh, uh, attackman out of Ann Arundale Community College. He's the uh, older brother of, um, uh, his first name's escaping me, uh, 2022. Uh, five star uh, heading to Towson. That's uh, his, his his older brother there. So, uh, you know this this offense with kind of those. I mean, they they turned they returned four of their top five guys. So y- you've got to think this is a unit that can take a step forward um, there. Uh, th- this defense, I really have no problem with. Uh, it is the offense and it is the face off dot. Well, again. They were one of the worst teams in the country, 36%. Um, you know, they have not been good since 2019 at the face-off dot. Uh, this is a team that's really, really struggled uh, there in recent years and uh, going to have to improve on that here. But uh, Towson, overall, I, th- I think they showed a lot of promise at times last season, especially there in mid-April. Uh, and there are some things to work on, but but this is a team that a lot of people are looking at and saying, okay, they can they can return to the two or near the top of the CAA in 2022, and uh, you know absolutely, I believe that is attainable for this team. From moving on, moving closer to the top to uh, bouncing back here, uh, the UMass Minutemen. Uh, were, uh, came into last season as what many thought was the most talented team in the CAA. They go four and six. 
It was the worst season for UMass lacrosse since 2016 and only the third losing season for the program since joining the CAA and just the sixth in 27 years of the Greg Canella era. Really, really, really bad. Um, bad performance from this team last year. Uh, however, I do wholeheartedly expect this team uh, to be a lot better here in 2022, um, and specifically, you know, and, and bounce back and possibly, uh, you know, win the CAA or be right there in the mix for it. Um, you know, defensively, I guess where we need to start here, um, you return a pair of, of, of full-time starters, Adam Toey, uh, Sam Estant, uh, Estant uh, there. Uh, apologies if I butcher that name. Um, return there on defense. You also get Jake Dulock back at the LSM spot. Ryan Fitzpatrick is also back as well. Um, and so you have a solid, solid group of polls there. Uh, that, that showed a lot of promise last year, certainly. Uh, but the biggest returner on this team is Matt Note. Uh, defensively, is Matt Note. Um, this is a guy, he continued his impressive play last season, had a strong 2020 as a freshman. Everyone remembers that Yale game uh, where, where he, he played really, really good. was kind of his coming out party. Uh, 25 sa- 125 saves last season. 53, uh, save, 50.536 save percentage there for a uh, note a year ago. Um, so he's going to be a big piece as well as Zach Hochman at the faceoff dot. 53% again, uh, 53% a year ago. So uh, those two guys at those specialist positions uh, really getting a, a lot of the focus for this UMass squad again here in 2022. Um, Hoachman, you know, should give this UMass offense um, a, a solid possession advantage. And, and this is an offense that really I thought, you know, a year ago, Chris Conley gets injured. I, I think that, that, um, that hindered them. He's back for for a fifth year after that injury. Um, you also get Kevin Tobin back, Gabriel Prosek, and Dylan uh, Arendt all back as well. Those are three of your top five point getters from a year ago. Logan Leisureberg comes in from Sacred Heart as a grad transfer, um, as well as James Cadigan uh, there from Colgate. I think this is an offense that's that's going to be pretty good. Um no, I'm not going to say this is the most talented team in the CAA, but I do think top to bottom, there's talent at every position, uh, and, and there's enough talent at every position uh, to to win the CAA. So, so certainly this is a team I wholeheartedly expect to uh, be not only better, but but a lot better than they were last season. No one expected this four and six uh, season from UMass. I mean, those people. Uh, you know, many of the predictions had them winning the CAA a year ago, and this is going to be a conference uh, that's going to be competitive again this season, um, and, and we're going to see some wild things happen. 
but at the top, you know, and, and moving into the predictions part here, at the top, uh, Delaware, Drexel, UMass. I, you know, I, 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 those are the clear, to me at least, the clear top three in this conference. Um, and, and that's what I have in, in predicting my final standings here. Delaware number one, Drexel number two, UMass number three. Um, and look, uh, you tell me, you know, you time travel into to May, and you come back and you tell me uh, Drexel wins the CAA. I wouldn't be surprised. You tell me UMass wins the CAA. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, now, tell me Towson wins it. Might be a little iffy, but... Look, I have them finishing fourth in the conference, so I have them in the mix there in the semifinals. And look, uh, anything can happen in this conference. Uh, Towson very well could uh, if they can catch a hot streak uh, and, and keep it, uh, which they were you know, unable to do last season, unable to hit uh, the postseason. Uh, you know, but th- th- this is a conference overall. I, I think is going to be pretty competitive between those four. Um, Delaware, Drexel, UMass, and Towson. I think those teams right there are, are going to be, those games are going to be very, very intense, as, as always, very uh, intriguing. Hofstra and Fairfield, a lot of questions about those teams. A lot, a lot of questions. I have Hofstra finishing fifth, Fairfield sixth. You know, um, certainly, you know, you could see improvement from both those teams. Uh, especially from Fairfield, Hofstra, you could see maybe them, you know, I don't think they're going to drop off a cliff. Like, you lose so much, but I don't think they're going to drop off a cliff um, here and, and get two, three wins. Like, I think they're still going to be uh, around 500 um, when the season's all said and done. Uh, there are just so many questions about the pride, about the stags. Uh, but really, I, th- I think that top four, uh, and really, I, I think you can break up the the conference into tiers. And I do think Delaware Drexel that top tier, and and I went back and forth of, of who I thought was gonna you know finish out on top uh, of the CAA, Delaware or Drexel. Uh, y- y- you know, really, you could argue for either team. I think uh, they're both insanely talented at really every position on the field. Um, you know, so those two, I think, are, are kind of that top tier. UMass Towson, I think that second tier. Um, and I would put Hofstra in a tier kind of by themselves and then maybe a little bit down have Fairfield. Uh, and the only reason I would say that is that there's any separation between those two is just kind of the unknown uh, with Fairfield, whereas we do, even with some of those big losses, we do know what a guy like Brian Herber, uh, James Philbin, uh, Dylan McIntosh, we know what these guys can do at the college level already. Expect a lot of kind of greenness there at Fairfield, uh, some youth really on both ends of the field there. Uh, so that's what I have, my final standings that, that I'm predicting for the CAA. Delaware, Drexel, UMass, Towson, Hofstra, and Fairfield. Um my offensive player of the year, I'm going with Mike Robinson, attackman out of Delaware. Just what he did last season uh, was was amazing there. And I uh, really do think this is a guy that is going to only improve on that. Uh, defensive player of the of the year. Um, no, 
I try to mix up the teams, but um, when I'm doing this, but uh, try my best to do that. But got to stay with the Hens and with Owen Grant as the best defenseman in the conference a year ago. Going to be the best defenseman in the conference again here in 2022. Uh, can't go wrong uh, with either of those either of those guys there, uh, but certainly some other talented defensemen in this conference as well. Kobe Smith, a guy I mentioned uh, from Towson, uh, certainly could be in that position as well and really went back and forth, Owen Grant, Kobe Smith for that spot. Uh, transfer of the year, uh, something I've added into this little preview here as well. Um, go with Logan Leisureberg attackman out of UMass. Um, when you look at what he brings to that offense, um, I think you know it, it, it's really second to none what he brings to that offense. Uh, all-time great there at Sacred Heart. I uh, expect him to continue that here at UMass in 2022. All right, folks, that is all for today's episode. As always, you can find us at Bucket. Dot com, connect on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at Lacrosse Bucket. And uh, I think I forgot to mention this on the last podcast, but we do have a new way to send in, and I'll get back to mailbags here uh, this week. Uh, so next Sunday episode, uh, we're finishing all the conference previews this week, and then next. Sunday, we'll have a a mailbag. I already have a bunch in the DMs, but we did add a number, another way to drop your questions um, for mailbag. Or if you just want to ask a question in general uh, and, and don't want to, you know, don't use Twitter, don't use social media, whatever, 502 771 1567. You can call, leave a uh, it's a voicemail box. You can call, leave a uh, leave a voicemail, leave a voice message. You can also text, and I will get it uh, via email as well. So you can do either of those ways as a new way to kind of connect uh, with us, uh, leave your questions, and that sort of thing. As always, thank you all for tuning in, and have a great rest of the week. Well, cross season, I can taste it.